We are live already. Oh, like we're being recorded right now because uh, I'm a bachelor right now. My wife is gone for a couple Uh-oh. weeks. Oh, a couple weeks? A couple weeks, bro. Holy. Everything all right over there? <laughs> just Jake, any advice? Jake lives with you, actually. I don't know if you saw this. A lot of big money has been dropping. Trey Lance got paid. Hmm. What's uh, what's the deal he just scored? I don't know, to be honest. But he got paid. He got paid. Excellent. Uh, your boy Wilson got paid. He was the last guy in the first round to get paid. Sounds like a little bit of a diva move, if you ask me. Who's a diva? So is his mom. Are we recording right now for the podcast, just to be clear? No, not really. I okay. just figured... I just figured, you know, if there's like something I want to take, I'll just slice it. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. We could do a whole podcast on Zach Wilson's mom. She is, she is ready for reality TV. Well, with Zach being in New York, I think if she wants that, she certainly can have that. She'll get it. It's going to be like, you know, Jets with the Wilsons or something. (laughs) This is big news today. Carson Wentz. Bad. Really bad. Broken foot. That dude's always some sort. No, I I think I heard he's not going to do surgery. Uh, They just decided he is going to do surgery. They decided that today. No, he's out for. Yep, out for twelve weeks. Definitely miss the preseason. I'm hoping. What are the Eagles ever going to (laughs) do? Speaking of the Eagles, you see Devontae Smith, MCL injury. We should start doing the fantasy draft right now and just let hell break loose this early. Pandemonium. I kind of like it. I can't believe people do that. It makes zero sense. Mm. I Honestly, I can't even... And this year is a little weird because basketball ended late. And then we've got the Olympics, which I've kind of been into. I don't know if you are, but mm. a little bit. But I'm not even fully there with the football yet. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just still trying to wrap my head around, like, the Giants being incredible. Yeah. We just got Chris Bryant. Dude. I only been watching Giants baseball. Oh, I, I have do. not watched a ton. But uh, I'm definitely stoked on how great we're playing. Yeah. No, I can't believe we're still winning after like the all-star break. I thought we'd start to dip, but we took the Dodgers. We just took the Astros. Like we're beating all the top teams. I mean, we're the bizarre. I know we're the top team, but like all the right under us, we're beat. We're winning the series against them like two to one every time. I'm like, what's happening? Yeah. I gotta love it. So yeah, all that to say, I'm starting to get into the NFL spirit. All right. Good evening. It is Monday, August 2nd, and this is the 2021 NFFL podcast. We are 25 days away from the snake draft for who's going to take home the booty. Matt Dolan, our commissioner, welcome to the pod. Dude, so glad to be here. 2021 season, which... Vince and I off air just decided it actually goes to 2022 because now we have games in January. What the hell? January 9th. That's crazy. 
man, commissioner screwed it all up. But yeah, welcome to the 2021 season. Um, all of you gentlemen, because we don't have women in our league anymore. Although I think there was something about Gabe pushing something out of his vagina years ago. Um, uh, I just want to say, yeah, that was a, that was a great one. That was part of what got him into our league, I believe. Um, mm, really digging in the archives. Yeah, that's how he did it. But uh, as is typical, we are doing the welcome podcast. It's our third year of serious podcasting. We used to do more welcome posts on Facebook. Um, and all the preseason shenanigans of football are starting, uh, including this week. We have the Hall of Fame game. The NFL is getting going in that. The NBA championship is over. Wow. In case anybody who doesn't watch the NBA needs some cooler talk, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks did beat the Suns in six games. I don't uh, know if we have any Bucks fans or Suns fans, do we? No, no, I doubt we do. And it's probably a little late to bring that up around the cooler at work. You're like, hey, did you hear the Bucks beat the Suns? Although, Dan, I think you, we've heard about your job and the population you work with. I challenge you this week to bring that up, maybe out there in the front lawn with all the homeless people. and just It ask might them actually be know. news. Yeah, yeah, you might deliver it. Um, and it just feels weird because the NBA finished late this year. We have the Olympics going on. Vince, you said you're watching those, right? A little bit of Olympics, some mm-hmm. gymnastics, some swimming. There was skateboarding, which yeah, is I saw pretty that. sick. Guy from Japan won. Ah, not our California guy. That's okay. Nope. Um, so I just, I, it feels like a weird year. It feels like football just kind of snuck up on us, but also took forever to get here. But like, we are in the swing of everything, guys. Like right now, I need you to mentally prepare. You've all sent me your league fees, except Brooks Lively as of, oh. come on, Brooks. Um, we've got the tops trading cards dropping. Uh, maybe by the time this is out. Those are awesome, by the way. Hey, thanks. I thought those would be a fun little addition I worked on right when the season ended last year because I could use stats and I'm a stats nerd. Um, and it's summer weather. You guys have all your fires going out west, which is fantastic for you guys. Nothing new there. Uh, I just got done mowing the lawn like two hours ago. Um, hopefully you guys are like barbecuing, doing that type of thing. Uh, but seriously, the NFL preseason kicks off this week everyone's starting to get injured in training camps and leading up to it and just the pure chaos of football is here so let's get into it we are getting into the ninth freaking season of the nffl and that nine nine seasons is what we're walking up to which means next year is the big 10 so we got some planning to do las vegas preseason raiders game We we gotta get that schedule try to make it if you can um the booty is chilling at Gabe's house. I don't think we're getting a lot of play from Gabe. Maybe he's waiting for the season to get going. But Gabe, we need some booty Sneaky. pictures. Also, some trophy pictures would be cool too. Um, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, if he's got the booty, who's got? I almost forgot. Jake. Jake has the junk, right? Yes, he does. The junk he- and all the waffles in his yeah. stomach. Which has he actually passed those yet? who knows that dude is a freaking champ um but i do think as much as we need pictures of the booty and gabe's trophy we also need some pictures from kirsten garn's ex um i've been looking forward to that um how are things going for you jake just come check I'm on the podcast talk on, talk about it mm-hmm. um so ninth season 2021 is going to be awesome 
as far as I know, all the NFL stadiums are going to be full. That's uh, what I've heard. The NFL made it through the weird 2020 season. And I actually compliments to them. They did a pretty good job, I think. Like watching NFL last year was more enjoyable than watching NBA in their little bubble. Um, and even though it's cool to hate the commissioner, Roger Goodell, not the commissioner, Matt Dolan, but Roger Goodell, um, I'm pretty stoked we had football all last year. I'm pretty stoked we're going hard this year. I know. Maybe we got a new strain coming out. That's going to cause some problems, maybe. Uh, but Roger Goodell, not phased by COVID. Also, no longer phased by concussions. You might have noticed that. We no longer get concussions or traumatic brain injuries in football. So, compliments to Roger Goodell. Um, yeah, clap it up, Roger. We'll take any sponsorship you offer. Um, so Gabe, you or Gabe, Vince, you ready for the 2021 season? We got upsets. We're gonna be making bets. We're gonna make trash talk. We're chasing booty. Ooh. All of us are fearful that the junk is gonna end up in our face. I mean, that's that's like 80% of the concern going into the season. Is I might and we've both suffer. been there. We have, I've been there twice. Um, we still gotta figure out the punishment. We gotta do a punishment podcast. Did we do there's a lot to cover? There is I, there's a lot to cover. Just recaps. We need to like interview everybody and what their punishment experience really was like, and then maybe throw out the 10 ideas. I know Alex and I threw out a bunch of ideas last year on a podcast. There's a lot going on, guys. And the one oh thing my gosh. Like, that gets me so excited, and I know we talked about this at the beginning, the NFL season is probably rolling up to March Madness, college basketball in March, just because of how the season – can you imagine? Oh, March the best time of the year. It's going to be the best time God. of the year. I'm so pumped for this podcast. I'm so pumped for the NFL to be back. What's our first topic, Matt? What are we, right, what are we touching topic, on? First topic, um, what I want to do, I want all of you guys, this is the third year of the podcast. I want you to close your eyes, unless you're driving, and just close one of them. And I want you to join me as we look I back suppose. on some great memories of our league, just recapping the 2020 season. I'm not going all the way back. Not, not all eight past seasons. That's right. We've already had eight, but just last year, I just want to go through some records. Not all the, not all the stats and me nerding out like I sometimes do, but just some of the funny moments. Um, some of them are complimentary. Some of them are not. Um, the comments and contributions in our league are so great. So take anything I say here, use it in the comment section, make each other suffer. Vince, of course, you are welcome to add to any memories or jump off of anything I say here. But I scribbled down a number of great things from last season. So right off Can't the wait. bat, right off the bat, last season, we're all sitting there. We're we're getting ready for the draft to kick off. We're like on a Zoom call or Google Hangout or whatever. Um, and we're all getting excited. And then suddenly Dan's team name, boom, it changes. Oh. I don't even remember what it was originally. It was probably Dan sucks. And suddenly it says Kirsten Garn. And, and was I was like, <laughs> this is bad podcasting, but my eyes were like, Whoop. yep. Every, and then like Jake logged in and everybody was just like, what do we do? <laughs> and for our uh, Filipino listeners who uh, have a hard time keeping up with everything, Jake was recently divorced by that from that woman. 
Um, so funny. that was a great start right off the bat. You knew it was going to be getting good. So that was pretty much the best thing Dan did all year as uh, he went off to finish in eighth place. Um, during the draft, a few mistakes were made uh, in no particular order. Matt Francisco, you managed to grab CEH with the second overall pick. And that guy ended up being the 19th running back overall. Not Yikes. worth, not worth pick number two. Rookie. But then again, then again, it wasn't as bad as his older brother, Derek DeFrancisco, who grabbed CMC. And I'm really sorry, Dan, for using all of these initials. You'll get it eventually. So we had CEH and CMC. So MD grabbed CEH and DD grabbed CMC in the first round, um, as anybody would, right? Christian McCaffrey, first round, he's a keeper. He finishes amongst the number 50s and running backs, mostly because he's just injured. He played great when he played. Um, I screwed up really bad myself. I picked up Joe Mixon in the first round. Uh, I think for like you the, love that guy. I've had him multiple years, and this is the year I'm not gonna pick him, and he's gonna do great. Um, but injuries plagued him, and he finished at running back 49. And then uh, as we continue to, to bash on people, Jake took Saquon Barkley in the very first round. And wow, I forgot how many guys got injured. Saquon finished the season with nine fantasy points. He was hurt all year. Yep, got out there, picked himself up nine points, and that was it. Um, wow, couple... I didn't remember that. Yeah. So many guys went down in the first, first round, dude. Uh, Edwards Alaire, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Saquon, like people's seasons got rocked really, really early on. Um, yeah, so that was crazy. I mean, Jake obviously took the biggest hit there because we saw how it ended. Alex took a leap of faith grabbing Lamar Jackson, the previous year's all-star. He helped me win in the booty. Alex grabbed him in the second round, but that guy finished ninth place out of all QBs. So that was nothing really to brag about either. So that was like five or six picks right there of just major busts. I do want to throw out a few good picks. Vince, you're going to get love right off the bat. Thank you. Um, Vince, you grabbed um, Alvin Kamara, who Dan no longer wanted to keep as a keeper. And that was a huge mistake, Dan, because Kamara ended up being the number one running back that season. So, Incredible. Dan, I still need to figure out if I want to keep him this year. Yeah, you you kind of have to because if you don't, who's gonna someone else is gonna get him? Ah, uh, I know. I was that's why I really wanted the uh, like a top three pick, yeah. But at four, I'm handcuffed the golden handcuffs of Camara. Yep, everyone will take great pity on you as you carry the number one running back through the season. Um, <laughs> let's see, Brooks grabbed Kyler Murray in the seventh round, and he ended up having a great year. Was ended up the number three quarterback, and I've got to ask Vince, could that is that keeper worthy? Who else does he have? Ah, uh, you know, I don't have that right here in front of me, but My, Kyler, I, Kyler Murray in for the, in the seventh round, like. Maybe my my thing though is you could probably get him. You could probably get someone with the same kind of value later. Would be my guess. Like if you look at the the guys four to ten, like what's the difference between the tenth place guy and the third place guy? Yeah, like it can't be. It, it's probably not a hundred points. You know, it's like fifty points across seventeen weeks. We're talking about a couple points a game. 
All right. Well, we'll do a keeper podcast. I just pulled his keepers up. He's got Aaron Jones in the second, um, Deontay Johnson in the eighth. Like, there's a few other better values. And you got to think, you got to keep Aaron Jones, like, in second round. He's a top running back. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, he did draft Kenyon Drake in the first round last year, so maybe we should talk about that as a bad pick. All yeah. right, back to back to the good ones. Um, Tommy, I hate you for this because it's just like an it's it's back like when Matt DeFrancisco was it you or Matt DeFrancisco that had Odell Beckham for a while, or was it both of you? It was you. Where it's just like you. oh, I think it was someone. Someone had him and I got him and then I kept him for like three seasons. Yeah. And it just like cost you nothing. He yep. kept Nick Chubb for a couple of years now. Um, and last year he got to keep Nick Chubb in the seventh round, which was a hell of a steal because he was the number 10 running back overall. So that was rad. My guess is he'll keep Chubb again this year for the sixth round. He um, just got paid though. You mm-hmm. think he wants to play as hard? That's what I always debate. Like fantasy football guys, well, he got paid, so he respects the team and he's going to play great. And other guys are like, it's not a contract here. He's, it's in the bag. He can kind of walk it in. So I don't know. The only, the one thing to keep in mind is only a three year deal, meaning at the end of this contract, he still has an opportunity for another big payday. So maybe he wants to prove himself for three seasons. Yeah. Brown seemed fun to play with. Um, major compliment to Gabe. Gabe drafted three running backs in the first three rounds those three fin- running backs finished second eighth and 22nd in their positions so gabe the running back whisperer and the booty champion probably a sound strategy damn it gabe i had such a good season too i lost like one game i feel like maybe two stupid gabe beat me in the playoffs um, after the draft, Matt DeFrancisco, here's some more fun stuff, said he didn't like Gabe's team at all when we were Oof. rating it. He was wrong there. Um, speaking of Matt DeFran, um, he came to the draft last year with a mustache. Matt, bring it back, dude. Oh, I remember. I love that. It's like bad luck for drafting, and there's no way you're having sex that night. So bring it back. To be fair, no I doubt shot. any of us are having sex on draft night. It's not one of those things that I think super impresses the ladies. It's not very romantic either. Yeah, it's always, oh, is your draft tonight? Why do you have to log in so early? Why do you have to study all these numbers again? Are you guys still Ow. going? <laughs> I'll tell you That's what, what my said. draft lasts a lot longer than other things. Um, also, after the draft, Vince, you and Matt DeFrancisco actually both said, uh, Jake, Uh-oh. get the junk. Oh. You guys both predicted it, and you got it right. Jake. So, Jake, whatever you did in the draft, these dudes were unimpressed, and they nailed it. Matt DeFrancisco and Vince pretty much skipping Stephen A. You guys know your stuff. Just kidding. You guys know more than those two. I hate those two. They're the worst. Why are they still a thing? They get paid um, big money. All right. I got a few more for you. Um, Dan Apgar started the season 4-0 and then lost five straight games and almost got the jump. That so, was epic. Yeah. You guys remember everybody in shock? Like, crap. Dan won the booty a couple years ago and he's 4-0. and 
I think his little brother James is running his team for him. What's going on? And then quickly it was back to Dan. So that was great. Um, another fun one, Vince, you paid some chick from Raiders nation to verbally like berate Jake Wolf on video. Like that's a legendary move. Like league members. (laughs) Remember that chick was talking to our league and the Jake talking trash. Vince, you paid that out of your pocket or with our podcast fund. However you did it, it was fantastic. Well, we have a lot of viewers, so it was no big deal. (laughs) I think we've made $26 over the last three years. We're pretty big. Um, Let's see. Speaking of amazing videos, uh, Matt DeFrancisco got his dad to verbally like mock Derek DeFrancisco on video. Do you remember that one? He's talking about like his blankie or something. Oh, that was epic. Wow. Um, there actually seemed to be a little hostility after that. I think people were actually upset. Yeah, and by people, you mean mm-hmm. Derek? Sorry, Derek. Your turn, Derek dude. wanted his blankie. Derek, this is your year to make it to the playoffs and to drop a bombshell on your brother. Um, a giant poop. Yeah. But speaking of Derek, Derek went to the actual Super Bowl. That was pretty epic. You guys remember that? Like, like honestly, had, I don't. That feels like so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, Derek DeVries goes in the medical field and somehow ended up in Tampa of all places. I don't, I don't know your story, Derek, of how you got there. Blame your wife or whatever. But then they got invited to go to the Super Bowl that was being held in Tampa Bay that Tampa Bay was playing in. And then Tampa Bay Tom Brady won it. And Derek got to see the whole thing. And Derek, you have yet to be on our podcast to talk about it. I know like Tampa Bay at this point, they've got to be your number two team. Like if I was living there and they were winning, I'd claim them as my number two. Stick with the Niners. That's that, that's what you were born and raised with. But like how many of us in this league, is it our boyhood dreams to attend a Super Bowl? It's amazing. Yeah, I know. And this one felt weird because I'm sure it was like partial full stadium and there's cardboard people and COVID and stuff. You went to a Super Bowl, Derek. So screw your brother. You beat him that on that one. Um, Back to his brother. Guys, we're hearing a lot about Matt Francisco and Vince. They put out a lot of content. Challenge to all of you. Put out some freaking content. Uh, Matt Francisco is making fraudulent photos about me liking things, which I didn't like. That was including some sort of broke back mountain moment. That was me and like Russell Wilson hanging out or me liking photos of Russell Wilson. And I got to admit, that was pretty funny. That was well done. Like Microsoft word level Photoshop. And I loved it. Bring it on. I loved that. Um, Alex, uh, what did you do, Alex? Alex, you fell a few points short of making it to the playoffs. And I think that's now happened to you two years in a row and several times where like. I love to see it. Just like, like the Cowboys. Oh, Jerry Jones, you son of a gun. I think the Cowboys are in the Hall of Fame game this Thursday. Um, I got to explain to everybody what Tractor Cito was. And he'll <laughs> He'll likely be my keeper again. I don't remember if that term was deemed racist um let's see vince you took third place over tommy that's a great moment for you to it was a phenomenal play. moment yeah, it's like the bronze medal oh yeah yeah, yeah. um gabe rather get third than second 
Yeah, well, I got second because Gabe beat me. Um, Derek, you're back on the pod all of a sudden. You went to the junk bowl and potentially had to eat a crap ton of waffles, but you managed to beat Jake. So there's a little reminder. Derek almost had it. Well, Derek actually had his worst season he's ever had, I think. But still, he hasn't tasted the junk. Um, And although Matt DeFrancisco probably didn't have the fantasy football season he wanted, he did win the Eliminator Challenge. So just realize, guys, three years of podcasting, now nine years of freaking the league, the people attending the Super Bowl, the Raiders lady talking trash. And if we go years back, we've had torturous losses and like, just horrible punishments and a year from now we're lining up to go to vegas hopefully like this is the greatest league ever and we're going to talk nfl in a second but i just wanted to recap last year and hopefully all of those memories come flooding back the same way if i'm like remember when your mom made good food and it smelled good or you're at your grandma's house i hope the same thing is happening as you're remembering like holy crap it's been a crazy year or two in our country but holy crap, we had a great football season last year in our league. We're going to have another good one, Vince. Um, any thoughts on our ridiculous league before we start talking about the real league? I mean, you've said it all, right? I think we've got the greatest league in the world, the one constant in all of our lives. We're back for ninth year. I can't wait. Yeah, that is a lot longer than most celebrity marriages. Yeah, it's longer than my marriage. You don't have one, right? Exactly. Okay. Jake, <laughs> uh, I don't remember which one you got married. <laughs> I'm doing the math. I think you've outdone the league so far, but we're coming for you, dude. You can't hold that record forever. Give us another couple of seasons. Oh. I'll go running with you anytime you want, buddy. We're still friends. Uh, <laughs> switch gears. Switch what do we have next? Up next, I want to recap a few things that happened in the NFL as well. Um, it is easy for us to forget the great beauty of the National Football League and everything that happened because so many things have blurred together. So I'm going to ask you, Vince, um, on the spot, can you remember one or two things that happened last year that were crazy? Oh, man. Hardly. I mean, Tom Brady. Yep. That was number one on my list right here. You're that good. beautiful man. Moved down yeah. to Florida, hanging out at Derek Jeter's house. Win a Super Bowl in Tampa in his home stadium. That's never been done. Yeah. And everybody I said, can hardly dude, believe it. I really could. It's crazy. Like, oh, he's too old. He's not going to have time with the team. I think one day at practice, he walked into the wrong person's house down there in Florida. Yes, that would be sure dope. Did. You're like, oh, burglar. Oh, it's Tom Brady. Like, Well, that's pretty normal in Florida. You know, people just kind of do whatever they want. Yeah, but you got to have your – in Florida, your gun is ready because you're like bath salts guy is coming in, and this is a stand-your-ground state, I'm pretty sure. Boom, and you just shoot him. What if there was a stand-your-ground thing when Tom Brady walked in someone just capped him? Like, could can you, can you imagine <laughs> the guy in the Cubs game years ago who reached over and caught the ball, the hate he got for interfering? Oh, with yeah. That. If you killed Tom Brady, 
God. I mean, Bill Belichick will meet you in hell, but like, geez. Oh, yeah, that would be, yeah. that would be bad. I mean, I, I can't even think of another, another big storyline um, from last season. I'm trying to, to look something up. Right. I have no idea. All right. Well, Patrick Mahomes was good, but he lost to Tom Brady in Super Bowl. Well, yeah. I mean, that's you know, like clockwork. Okay. How about always good? How about Aaron Rodgers got really pissed off, and I think he won the MVP or something. That's right. Well, he's back in Green Bay for another season. It seems like a last hurrah, though. Yeah. Seems Still, like he seems really doesn't pissed. want to be there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so pissed off Aaron Rodgers is good. Speaking of things that are good, how about this? The Browns are good, in case anybody forgot. They got like Browns 11 wins or something. I don't remember their exact, but like the Browns are like a really good team. And seriously, just a month ago, I was talking to football with somebody and they were making fun of the Browns. And I was like, no, but like they're kind of good now and exciting. And they're like, no, they're not. And I was like, no, like they went a couple rounds in the playoffs. Like, Who's this person you were talking to? I don't talk to that smart of people in my line of work sometimes. Sometimes, just to be clear, I speak to some really smart people, but I also sometimes get to speak to not as smart people. Mm. Um, the Browns Steelers, are legit. The Steelers were really good. You remember that? Remember that? Didn't they go like 7-0 and or 11-0? and They were 11-0. and 11-0. I remember that. And then they imploded. Yeah, I think. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure they lost every game of the season after that. They pulled a Dan. Then went, yeah, and then went into the playoffs because they still had the 11 wins and then lost to the Browns maybe in the very first round. Yep. Um, As of last year, if you guys remember, Antonio Brown, he was a Steeler at one point. Mm. Still still clinically unstable. So he's always... But still a Super Bowl champion. Yes, yes. Anybody, who's going to pick it? If I'm not mistaken, he rode my team the entire season on my bench. Do you get, do you remember that? Uh, you never started him? Okay, I may have started, but I think I carried Antonio Brown my entire, entire thing. I may have dropped him at the like, final week or two. But it was just like, yep. maybe he'll make a resurgence. And that was a mistake. I also held on to Joe Mixon. And in a year where our bench got smaller, I feel like I made some mistakes. The crazy thing with Antonio Brown, he's arguably – like the third best option or no the fourth best option on his team and he's like a hall of fame wide receiver it's crazy so we're not making but but he's he's back in tampa he's back in tampa bay he's back in tampa bay (laughs) (laughs) he's back for another go i think i mean they got some staying power they brought back their entire offense and their entire defense kind of wild yeah. Did they bring back their kicker? Jake, did they bring back their kicker? Is that the gay guy? <laughs> that was a good one. You got me right there. <laughs> Don't know if you're allowed to podcast that, but you got me there. That was a good one. <laughs> um. All right. Well, while you look that up, here's another crazy one. If you remember this from last year, um, the Broncos played an entire football game with no quarterbacks. I love that. I remember that. Like they were just like, we're gonna see what we do. This guy played quarterback in high school, and it was just a crap show. It didn't work. It was amazing. So Which, Ryan Suckup, Bucks mm. kicker, Matt Gay, 
plays for the Rams. Easy mistake to make. Um, Jake, we'll do our best to not make mistakes on kickers. Um, there was a couple retirements. Drew Brees retired, and so did Philip Rivers, the quarterback my wife hates more than anybody for really no apparent reason. <laughs> she hates that guy. Um, quarterbacks that probably should have retired. Uh, Cam Newton is still in the league, and so is uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Those guys still he- play football. You think uh, Cam Newton's going to beat out Mac Jones, the starting QB spot for the Pats? That's a hot take. Which of these rookie quarterbacks is going to get some play in our league this year, right? I'm not predicting. In our league? In our league, I'm not predicting any of them to be top 10 at the end of the season. But a top guy goes down, you've got a bye week, like – I'm curious which rookies are going to prove to be like they contributed to somebody's run. Oh man. Um, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, Pete, Zach Wilson can huck a ball really far and he can scramble. I mean, that's kind of fantasy gold, except he's with the jets. Yeah. They're kind of a mess. Who do we got here? We got Trevor Lawrence, Trey Zach- Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, those are kind of the big ones. Yeah. I mean, the rest of these guys, Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask, Davis Mills, and Ian Book, I don't see them starting any team. No, that that one would be a shocker. But the other three or four is like – I feel like Mac Jones is going to get in a game. Whether he's fantasy worthy, I don't know about that. But I feel like he's got a shot to play quite a bit his first season in the league. Yeah, I think Justin Fields will play. I mean, all four of those guys are going to play, I think. You it's think just... Trey Lance is going to play? Yes. Do I want Jimmy Is that cuz Is that cuz Garoppolo's hurt? Yes. Oh damn. Yeah, you're probably you right. hurt a lot. I would I love know. hot take Garoppolo has the best season he's had. And heck, brings us to the Super Bowl again. He's done it before, but this That'd time be he wild. That would be great. And then it would just, I mean, that would be great. Sorry, Trey Lance, you seem exciting because you're new and fresh and we don't know what you are. But that's what happens with every rookie. Like, I would love for him to just say, no, I'm freaking Jimmy G and I'm better looking than all of you and we're going to the Super Bowl. And I'd be like, all right, that's cool. Trey Lance, we'll see you one day. But he just gets hurt a lot. So, yeah. Um, No arguing there. All right, how about this quarterback or tight end or quarterback? I don't mm. even know. Taysom Hill was a tight oh. end and a I quarterback. You were say Tim Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're both good religious men. Um, but if I remember, Brooks Lively really benefited from it because I remember that he moved to quarterback. Yeah, as long as you never moved him from the tight end slot, you got to start two quarterbacks, and everybody was a little pissed. And ESPN put a little catch in there. He couldn't move anything in his roster. Right. I, if I recall, I think Brooks got away with it for like one week until he had to. One week. Where he had two quarterbacks. Yep. Brooks, Man. you should have won. Um, but speaking of Tebow, can Tebow do that this year? Can Tebow play tight end and quarterback this year on fantasy? If so, like, do you rem- so. like, like it had to have been like six years ago where the punishment for Dan, for picking our keepers, 
was that he had to draft Tim Tebow onto his team. Like in the 10th. Starting to sound like a pretty good option, isn't it? And now suddenly Tebow (laughs) is, is playing under his old coach from college and like can play tight end and quarterback. I'm thinking Tebow, what a wacky world we live in. Tim Tebow hasn't played in uh, I think a regular season game since 2012. (laughs) He was on a practice squad in 13, practice squad in 15. But his last game he played was in 2012. And then obviously he's with the Jags now. Okay. Who's going to take him? Who's going to grab him there in that last round or two and just be like, this is, this could do something. Well, you know, I just made a very interesting connection. You know, our Filipino listeners? Yes. Probably huge Tim Tebow fans, being as how he was born there. Wow. Filipino listeners, please join the podcast and give us your thoughts. Or Tim Tebow, if it's you, we'd love to have you on. Yeah, we'd love your thoughts on the Philippines. (laughs) And Urban Meyer. Hot takes, hot takes. Did Urban Meyer ever do anything unethical? Um, let's see. Not with Tim Tebow. How about this one from last year? This one's good and crazy. I, I had to write this one out to make sure I got it right. There was a Sunday night football game special moved to a Thursday for Thanksgiving that got moved to the following week to be played on a Wednesday at 12.40 p.m. Pacific time. I remember that. That was hilarious because I think I was working and I was like, what the heck? You know, I was on a call while watching the game. It was very bizarre. And was that a COVID thing? It was. So it was like a Sunday night game, but then they were like, yo, let's stack up Thanksgiving and move it over here because everybody loves that. And they're like, yeah, more Thanksgiving football. But then they're like, covid so we're gonna move it to next wednesday and then everybody's like yeah but waiver wires and then there was like a big dilemma and i think tommy was involved somehow i don't remember how it all played out but like we had to do like a quick league vote on like mm. points to somebody or something like that sucked that was a mess it was funny and somehow the nfl missed zero games because of covid so i guess we're glad it all worked out but a Sunday night game moved to Thursday, moved to the following Wednesday is ridiculous. I think that week we had a game every day, didn't we? Wasn't there like a Monday game, a Tuesday game, a Wednesday game, a Thursday game? I feel like we had one every day of the week. Almost, yeah, or at least like five days in a row. Like, which, And then they moved some games to Saturday. And I got to be honest, guys, I'm not really opposed to the NFL every night. Don't do no. this like 1240 in the afternoon crap. But, no, but like, every night, yeah, I can I can do that, and maybe after a season or two, I'd realize it's too much of a good thing, and it loses its special flair because there's something special about just <laughs> one Monday night game type of thing. But that was kind of fun. Um, you know what else was fun? Young Ho Ku. How do you say his name? Young Way. Ku. I don't remember. Yahweh. Yahweh. <laughs> that guy kick the ball and some ass like that dude was just dominant so jake you can go nuts on that guy um and we're then, a big podcast for young hoes yes no <laughs> i yes i denounce that no? um <laughs> I, I reject that 
<laughs> I uh, no, it's not okay. I uh, what I don't denounce was Lamar Jackson pooping his pants during a game and then coming back and having like the greatest comeback ever and winning. Do you remember that game? Like, that was epic. Like he disappeared, He's like running like this, and like was like holding his butt, and it was like what? And then I don't even remember the backup guy, but he played great. He came out and like kept the Ravens alive. But then the other team scored, and there's only like minutes left. And then he came running back on the field with a fresh baby wiped butt and had a crazy drive in one. And maybe the other team drove again. And it was just like one of those games where I swear, like, like 35 points got scored in the last five minutes, and a quarterback pooped his pants, and it was the best. I can't wait. That's the that's the NFL, man. It's just just the craziest stuff, and I love it. I love it. It's so much better than all the other sports. Um, something that did suck, the 49ers, and yeah, Gabe, I remember you. Uh, the Eagles as well appeared to have all of their starters get injured systematically. Like the Niners. And the Eagles lost every player during the season, like setting records for most injured teams. Like both teams just bam, 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 bam. They all just got destroyed. That was really rough. Absolutely roasted. <clears throat> um, and then 49ers fans, I know that's the majority of us here. Do you remember, and this seems like a really long time ago, we thought we might be getting Deshaun Watson on our team. <laughs> Like God, that feels like a year ago. Yeah, that was this off season. It was like, yo, Deshaun Watson, he's posting cryptic photos. George Kittle's posting photos. He's got like a, a picture of him in a convertible with 49ers stuff. And then the sex stuff showed up. And by sex, I mean like non-consensual sex. And it was like, and he and the Texans are dead. That got deflated quick, didn't it? That, yeah. <laughs> I was actually hyped. I'm like, dude, Deshaun Watson? How See, sick would it be to have him? Yeah. I know. But seriously. That was crazy. Only, like, a lot has happened. I mean, the Texans are now talking about trading him. And I don't even know if they have trade partners. Nobody wants to touch him. I mean. Yeah, I see what you're doing there. That's why he did the touching. Right. Uh, Urban Meyer, we referenced him. He got a gig in the NFL. Um and I got to admit, I'm an Ohio State fan. Lived out there in Columbus for a little bit. Uh, so a little love for him, but I got to say it. Urban Meyer is going to struggle. Not from the college to the NFL level. Not because he's got to deal with Tim Tebow again. But because now he doesn't have an advantage over the other coaches. Since all the other coaches can pay their players as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Do you think Tim Tebow made more at Florida or with the Jags? Oh, dude, it had to be Florida. <laughs> Which also, the Jags are in Florida. But you get it. Yes. Dude, yeah. Man, Buckeyes. Somehow they kept them and some of those other big teams. They just know how to get those good players and cars. Speaking of Ohio State, you see this high school kid from Texas who's technically a junior. But he just um, – he's foregoing his senior year of high school to go to Ohio State and get paid under the new NIL rules. Yeah. So he – and he's – he I guess he could make, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars a year. It was kind wow. of bizarre. He's got long hair, kind of like you. Nice. 
except he has a mullet. Like the front of his hair is like chopped, kind of like if he lived in Alabama. All right, but uh, it says he could earn close to one million dollars in endorsement money his first season. Yeah, and he's yeah. a junior going into his senior year of high school. Yeah, things are gonna get weird in college football. Very y'all. weird. Like, I mean, it is what it is. Don't get too upset by it, but it's gonna get different. That kid, uh, Bryce Perry, Bryce Penny, the quarterback for Bryce Penny, Perry, I forget. Brycey P. Alabama kid. Hasn't even played a snap yet, and he's making Bryce Petty close to a million dollars a year. Wild. These kids are like 17. That is insane. Like, that's like, all right. Um, how much money did like Justin Bieber? He was a kid, he made a bunch of money. Justin Bieber, Justin Timberlake, they're both kids, they made money. Bryce um, Young is the kid's name. Wow. He signed over eight hundred thousand dollars in NIL deals, never played a snap. <laughs> hey, good for the kid, good for wow. him. Um, I've only got three more things. Um, I was deemed a Seattle Seahawks fan, that hurt. That was a rough moment last year. In the NFL. God. Sure, wish they would have finished stronger. That stick uh, that stays with you. That does. It hurts. I've got bruises. I've got a. I've lost a toenail this year. I have a black toenail on the other foot. A lot of weird things have happened. But that Seahawks fan thing, it's, it's still there. Um, one other thing that was rad is the Jets tried to choke so hard that they choked their choke and accidentally won a couple games at the end of the season. Remember that? Like right. they were, they were like guaranteed to get the first pick, and then they were like, "Oh crap, we accidentally won a couple games!" Like right at the end. Yeah, didn't they win like their last two games of the season or something like that? Yeah, it was right there towards the end where it's just like, "What are you doing?" Like because they were purposely losing games so hard. I remember they were playing a team towards the end of the season, and they blatantly made it clear they were choking. Like the other team had to do a hail mary, right? And so you just play that deep coverage. You send your safeties back, heck, send the corners back. And they just were like, yo, we're going to play like they're doing a 10-yard pass. And they sent one guy, man-to-man, down the field. And the other team was like, Hail Mary and one. And there was just nobody down there. It was like four seconds left. It had to be a Hail Mary. And the Jets were like, "Mm, they might be doing a lot of laterals. We better stay close to the line. We don't want to guard that guy. Yeah. Yeah, so they tried to choke games, yet they still accidentally won a couple and got second pick to get Zach Wilson to ruin his career. So the the interesting thing is going to be who is the, I guess, who made out here, right? Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence? Who ends up being the better better pick? Sounds like you think it's Lawrence based on ruining Wilson's career. Yeah, I just don't see I am all for the JETS this year. They took some 49er guys that I like. They've got a kid from the school I went to. So I'd love for that to go well, but the Jets haven't been good in decade plus. So I'm op- I, I'm hopeful, but I'm not putting any money on that. Speaking at of least money, his mom's you yeah. know, got something going on. Guys, Zach Wilson mom podcast. Dude, she's here in Utah. Or maybe she's in New York now. I got to see if she'll be on our podcast. Go run, go by her house, run by her house. You and Jake. All right. Sponsored by Mrs. Wilson. I don't even know her first name, but uh, we will be a Zach Wilson mom podcast. Um, And then the last thing I wrote down is it turns out Josh Allen is awesome. Oh, Oh, I forgot the Bills had an incredible run. Yeah. 
Oh, I was so hyped for them. They were so close to going to the Super Bowl. Did uh, did you listen to that part of my take episode where they're talking about their favorite mascots? Yeah. And someone's like, the the Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills, but the mascot's a Buffalo. Yeah. Actually, like, (laughs) and it's like, (laughs) I didn't really understand what was going on, but buffaloes in the city not, not the mask which is weird though because i think a lot of us think of the buffalo with buffalo bills and it's just like no like that's the city name they're not the buffalo yeah, buffalo but their mascot is a buffalo isn't yeah it? but their name is bills it's very confusing it is um so that's that's the recap for me and as the league continues to go forward this year i anticipate even more greatness as a friendly reminder just as we did last year, we still have that extra flex position. If you're listening this Ooh. far in the podcast, you deserve this little tip. Extra flex position and QBs throwing a touchdown is still worth one extra point. Um, I do hope we have more videos that will come out of embarrassing moments via Matt Francisco. Maybe more Christmas cards, Jake and Dan. Uh, maybe new stunts being pulled, torturing people, showing up at people's houses. Um no doubt we're going to have 10 adult men taking this way too serious. I mean, at the end of the day, I know Alex and I were just talking about league fees and could we win more money? And I think we win a couple hundred bucks if you get first place. The amount of effort we put into this is not about the money. Like you want to win. You want to put shame upon others. You want to make others feel bad. You want to not take 10th place. Like this league, the money is fun. But there's like the amount of time and effort with podcasting and videos and pranks. This isn't about the money. This is about the love of this fantastic league. Um, And just start saving your winning money now because I do want to make Vegas happen next year. With that said, Carson Wentz is as healthy as a Colt. Damn it. Um, look forward to more podcasts, pay attention to the Facebook group page. We've got to nail down a few more things, including a punishment setup. So that's something Vince, you and I need to talk about a punishment podcast, or do we just talk about it on Facebook? But boys, it's going to be a great year. Thanks for listening to Vince. And I talked for like an hour or wherever we're at at this stage. Love all of you, Vince, you're the man for hosting this. And uh, great as always ninth year is going to be an amazing year in the NFFL. <laughs> and now for something completely different. We now welcome on a very, very, very special guest. It is Hall of Famer, two-time Super Bowl winner, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Peyton Manning, the Sheriff. Uh, I I can't believe that you're on this show. We it's it's hard for us to be like, wow, we'll drop everything for this guy. You are one of those guys. Uh, I guess we'll start the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Obviously, you're being inducted this year. They still are selling tickets if you go to ProFootballHallOfFame.com. I watched the video. We had David Baker on the show. Uh, you Were you really surprised? I mean, you've been a Hall of Famer for like 20 years now. So were you surprised when you actually got 
the the official, hey, Peyton, you're in the Hall of Fame. It's happening this year. Well, I was surprised because of the way that I found out. You know, normally uh, they do that knock on the door the night before the Super Bowl. And um, this year, because of COVID, that didn't exist. And so I was at the Broncos Stadium. I was doing a kind of a PSA recording uh, on camera. And then my wife, Ashley, kind of organized out from behind me walked uh, Tony Dungy, uh, my two college coaches, Philip Fulmer and David Cutcliffe, uh, Gary Kubiak, our coach with the Broncos, uh, Jim Caldwell, a uh, longtime coach with the Colts with me. And they walked up behind me to kind of share the news with me. And so from that standpoint, I was surprised to find out that way. And I got to tell you, it was one of the coolest moments I've had because right there in front of me was, you know, almost – 20 plus years of coaching. Then I turned to the Jumbotron and they had a message from my high school coach, from Tom Moore, my long, longtime offensive coordinator, Jim Moore, my head coach, John Fox. Anyway, 30 years of coaching right there in front of me in about six minutes. And so <clears throat> that was a little bit um, uh, overwhelming and special to find out that way. You know, it's no fun if you just assume something. Uh, all the time, right? So, so it was fun to kind of find out in that fashion. I'm honored. I'm humbled. All of those things, and I'm looking forward to celebrate with a lot of old teammates and coaches in a couple of weeks in Ohio. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, you had to know that this weekend was coming up for a long time. I'm curious to know, like, did anybody ask you to go on a vacation, or was it, were you asked to take any trips or anything like that for the weekend of uh, of August fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth? And how far in advance did you have to like keep those dates available on your calendar? Because you had to know. Well, uh, my, my family and I were supposed to go to the Olympics last year in Tokyo, and uh, somehow uh, we got our money back from our flights and, and all of the uh, places that we were booked to stay, which was surprising. But we got it back, and they said, "Hey, but you're all set to you know to go next year, uh, uh, August of 2021." And I just kind of said, "I'm not sure." I can totally commit at this point. Obviously, no fans ended up going at all to Tokyo, but uh, I did, I guess, somewhat have the dates uh, held just in case uh, we got some good news uh, in uh, early February. Mm -hmm. So, Hall of Fame career, uh, there's a lot of things that you're known for. One of them is definitely your preparation and how you prepared every game week and how you were one of the most prepared guys. Uh, later in your career, remember the picture of you listening to practice while you were in the cold tub, might have been the hot tub, with the helmet on. Now, tell us the truth. Was it? Did you always feel like you prepared more than anyone else in the room? Because like, were you really the guy that felt like, hey, no one else is ever going to prepare more than me when it comes to week to week? Well, you know, I think we're all looking to get an edge uh, out there somehow. You guys are trying to get an edge on the competition by doing things in your style. For me, you know, I, I came to the realization that I couldn't out throw anybody, right? I couldn't throw it 85 yards down the field like like a Brett Favre or like a Randall Cunningham. Uh, couldn't uh, outrun anybody, clearly. If you've ever seen me play, you realize that. I had a coach tell me once that I couldn't run out of sight in a week. It was a very nice compliment. I really appreciated that. But um, – he was right, and so I realized that to get an edge, I, I had to try to out-prepare anybody, and whether I was working harder than anybody else in the room, I'm not sure if that was true, but I told myself that I was, 
And, and the main people I was trying to outwork was our opponent. So when I got under center on Friday night in high school, Saturday afternoon in Knoxville or, or Sunday with the Colts or the Broncos, I said, hey, I've outworked these guys that I'm playing against. It gave me confidence to kind of go full speed ahead. So um, preparation was where I felt I could get an edge, um, uh, staying in great shape physically, working with my teammates to get on the same page studying tons of film. So when I got out there on Sunday, I told myself, I've seen this defense before. I know what's going to happen here. I was watching this defense on Wednesday night uh, in my basement, in my film room. And uh, uh, that's kind of how I played the game. Did that ever make it uh, – this might be a dumb question, but uh, feel free to just call us idiots if we ask anything too stupid. But if did that type of preparation ever work against you a little bit to the point where if you saw a look – that you had never seen before from an opponent and you had spent you know, all this time preparing for certain things, they throw something wild at you. And then at that point, you're trying to figure out what it is instead of just reacting to it in the, in the moment. Right. No, uh, you certainly realize that um, a team is going to probably give you something new that you hadn't seen before. I remember Tony Dungy, uh, it, you know, it's kind of like Abraham Lincoln, like could never tell a lie, right? And so they asked Coach Dungy, hey – you know, what would you do if you were playing defense against Peyton? And you kind of think he'd say, hey, you know, I'm his head coach. I'm not going to answer that. Instead, he's like, oh, no, you've got to mix it up every single play. You can't play the same defense two plays in a row. He will eat you alive. And I'm like, coach, what are you doing? He's like, well, true. It's true. I mean, you know, like, like, you know, mix it up every single play. And so defenses like started listening. And so on first down, they play this defense, second down, something totally different. Third down, they bring in some guys for third down only, play an entirely new defense. And so I guess he was just challenging his players. But um, um, as the word got out that we did a lot of no huddle, that we called a lot of plays at the line of scrimmage, defenses started doing more disguising before the snap, waiting to the last few seconds. And so I don't think you can over-prepare. I think you can – uh, at some point say, hey, I've seen enough film, the haze in the barn, it's time to go out and play and react, like you said, to what the defense is doing, knowing that they're studying the film as well, and they're going to have some different wrinkles. But I guess my biggest fear was, in all the years I was playing, I remember one time in my uh, like my third NFL season, we played a team, and we hit them with a blitz in the fourth quarter, and the quarterback for the other team said, came out and said, yeah, that was a new blitz. Um, uh, that, uh, uh, that the Colts just put in, and he was wrong. We had run that blitz, but we'd run it in the preseason earlier that year, and he had not gone back that far to watch that film. And I just remember saying, that is not going to happen to me. They are not going to hit me with a blitz that they have shown before during the season because I'm going to have watched that. Now, if they have something totally new they come up with, that's fair game, but I think that's kind of where that film preparation came from. Uh, so talking about your legacy, I don't know if you – you probably do realize this, but one part of your legacy uh, is that you give hope to every team that drafts a quarterback that throws a bunch of interceptions their rookie year. Not everyone <laughs> is Peyton Manning, but your rookie year you threw 28 interceptions. I don't know if you realize this, but every – that comes up – constantly where it's like well look at Peyton Manning's rookie year even though you were everyone kind of figured you were going to figure it out but uh was that rookie year like was it just 
Was it was the step up just that much more difficult? And do you realize that you have given every fan base hope whenever their you know high draft pick stinks right away, and they're like, "Well, maybe he'll be Peyton Manning." Yeah, I would like to get that one off my resume. Uh, I appreciate you guys not mentioning that in that nice intro that you had <laughs> those other accolades. But if Trevor Lawrence wants to break that this year, I am for it. Um, And the truth is, there's a number of quarterbacks that would have broken it, including my brother Eli, but you got to be a 16-game starter to do it, right? And so, like, Eli, like, they made him wait 10 games. They finally put him in. He got off to a hot start, but he only had six games. You know, you can't throw 28 in six games. And now these quarterbacks, if they struggle early, what do they do? They take him out. They get him out of the game. I go, no, 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 leave him in there. Let (laughs) learn okay that's the only way to break this record and so um yeah you know um i I was asking um we have a football camp in louisiana for high school quarterbacks and receivers and we have college players come in and serve as counselors so eli and i were doing a little q a with the college players and they were kind of saying what was one uh thing if you could do over again as a rookie what would it be and i think my answer was to don't don't under-respect the NFL, but don't over-respect it as well. I, um, I think I gave it too much respect as to how fast everybody was, how big they were going to be, and I just played so fast. I sped my game up. My feet were moving a 1,000 miles an hour. I was making these quick decisions without actually reading the coverage, and I think there's a fine line between, look, they're going to be bigger, they're going to be faster, but they're still doing a lot of the same things that you did in college, and find that happy medium – it just took me a long time to find it. Steve Young told me uh, uh, during our game against the 49ers that season, he said, Peyton, the game's going to slow down eventually. Trust me, it's going to slow down. And he was exactly right. It just took a little while. It took 28 interceptions. But because I did stay in every game, I learned a lot uh, about NFL that season. And we went from 3-13 and 13 to 13-3 and three the next year. I, I don't think that would have happened had I not struggled or had I not played all 16 games. So I'm a believer in putting those guys in right away. Put uh, Wilson in, put Lawrence in, let them play, let them see how fast these defenses are. They're going to figure it out a lot sooner. It's interesting you brought up your brother, Eli, because when we had him on the show, I think uh, we asked him about uh, you know calling out Omaha at the line of scrimmage. I think he took credit for it, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He said <laughs> that he taught you about Omaha. Um, it's uh, yeah, he's, yeah, I didn't know if that was true or not. I wanted to give you an opportunity to respond, though. No, he's true. It's funny. Omaha has kind of been out there for a while. Brady used to say it in New England. Eli said it with the Giants. Uh, it's kind of a term that has been out there. I, you know, nobody really claims who started it. it. Was it in the, you know, Parcells era that somehow got to, you know, uh, 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 New England with Brady and then, you know, got to the giant, whatever, whatever it was, it was out there. And I got to Denver and we started saying it there. And that was right when they turned those NFL sideline microphones up louder, where you, the viewer at home can hear everything that's being said. And all of a sudden Omaha kind of got attributed to me because we were going no huddle. We were changing the play a lot. Omaha is something you say, when it's just a few seconds on the clock. You need the ball snap. Now it's Omaha. And we were doing that all the time. And next thing you know, I mean, I'm getting the key to the city of Omaha. I'm getting (laughs) delivered to my house, right? Ended up being a pretty, pretty good word to pick, you know, 
so uh, Eli is right. Uh, Omaha was around for a long time before I got to the Broncos. And is, is the word used just because it's a cool-sounding word? That's what I've always thought. Yeah, it's just kind of a rhythmic three-syllable word that uh, that usually meant it, it was like an alert, hey, there's just two or three seconds on the clock. You know, I need it snapped now. And, you know, I think Warren Buffett thought it was named after him. It was not, you know, probably one of the few things not named after him. Um, and um, it, it, it was no real rhyme or reason. But uh, now I'm at, it, it, um, I walk through an airport. You know, a guy just yells, Omaha. I just turn around and wave and, you know, keep walking. I don't even get I don't even get called by my name anymore. I just get called Omaha. That's great. So uh, we on this show, we like to mock uh, traditional sports media and, you know, legacy talk and all these things, you know, that rings matter the most. But your career is very interesting because there was a time where you led Sports Center all the time as Peyton can't win the big one. You end up winning two. Right. You have a Hall of Fame career. Like I said at the start, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But was there a, ever a moment at the beginning of your career where you're like, can I not win the big one? Like, what's going on here? Well, um, I always believed that we could. Um, I always knew we were getting close. And, you know, you kind of always ask yourself in the NFL, would you rather go 13-3 and and get beat in the AFC championship by a touchdown, or would you rather go 8-8, and you win your last three, you feel pretty good after that last game, but the truth is, you're a pretty bad team, right? You're eight and eight. You're you're missing the playoffs. You're going home earlier. Would you rather feel good in the last game and go home early, or get your heart ripped out being one game away from the Super Bowl? I'd rather get my heart ripped out as much as it hurts because because I know we're close and I know we're doing something right. And so we just kind of stayed the course. But no, you're exactly right. I mean, look, um, you know. And I was proud to be in that club because you talk about some of the all-time greats, but you know, to be in there with Dan Marino and and Carl Malone and John Stockton, you know, these guys that you know played a long time and had great careers, you know, that weren't part of a championship team. It wasn't an individual sport, okay? It wasn't a golfer that hadn't won a major. These were guys that were on teams that didn't do it. And so I was always kind of honored to be a part of that club because I love Dan Marino, right? I love John Stockton. And so when we finally won the Super Bowl, you know, a lot of people that were in that club just abandoned that club. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, always, you know, knew I was going to win a ring. You know, forget those guys I was with. Like, I kind of stayed loyal to that club. And I was honored to be a part of a team that won a championship. And I realized just that, that I was fortunate. We had great players, great teammates. We, we You know, everything happened uh, at the right time for us. But, uh, um you know, kind of don't forget where you came from. And so uh, the NFL is a very humbling um, uh, sport. Look, it's so hard to win one game, I think, in the NFL. Now you got to win 12 to get into the playoffs. And you get in the playoffs, every game is a seventh game elimination game, right? Basketball, baseball, you can have two off nights and still win the whole thing and probably be the MVP of the whole thing. Football, you better be on that day or else you're going home that's why I think it's the greatest game. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever? Uh, did you ever go back and watch any of your throws doing film study? Maybe you had a great game. Maybe through you know four, five, six touchdowns, and you're like, you know what? I would have traded at least one or two of those touchdowns if I could. If the ones that I did throw just had a nice tighter spiral on them. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. I mean, 
every one of my records is getting is getting broken, right? I mean, you know, Brady and Breeze were alternating weeks as to which records of mine they were going to break. But nobody's thrown more wobbly touchdowns than me, okay? I mean, the, the spiral is overrated, right? As long as it gets there, right? And so nobody can throw a wobbly 18-yard comeback route, you know, uh, right on the outside of the player's jersey number, right in the perfect place. It's a hard catch for the receiver because it's coming in different directions, but it does get there to the right spot. So, um, yeah, I mean, on NFL films, when they put it in slow motion, yep. the wobbly pass doesn't look so good, right? It, it, you kind of like to tighten that up a little bit, but I guess the end result being a, uh, a uh, touchdown pass to help your team win a game I'll take that over the spiral. I, yeah. actually, I actually think it's probably harder to throw an accurate wobbly pass. Anyone can throw a spiral accurately, right? It is, yeah. And the th- good thing about the wobbly pass, a lot of dropped interceptions, okay? Because there's a reason, you know, a lot of these guys are playing defense, right? They tried to play receiver. They couldn't catch well enough, move them to defense, right? So now, in, you know, a perfect spiral right in their hands, they're going to catch. But a wobbly pass, there's a good chance they're going to drop it. So, there were some real pluses to it. I be, uh, just trust me on that. Yeah. Smart. So we brought up when your brother was on the Manning face, the fam- famous Manning face. So his Manning face was whenever they would zoom in because, as you know, the Manning family basically was in our living rooms every Sunday night, it felt like, for <laughs> 20 years. Yeah. His was yeah. his face. His, his Yeah, his, his mouth was open, kind of looking like, what the heck is going on? Yours is a little different. Yours was your forehead usually had a huge mark on it. And it would make it look even bigger. Did you ever have a moment where you're like, shoot, I, my helmet was way too tight. Like, this is going to look ridiculous when they zoom in on me. Well, I mean, it's such a big forehead. So there's so much room for the camera to zoom in on it, right? It's a big target. So you got that going for you. You know, probably who I blame for, for the red forehead was like every year you sort of get refitted for your helmet, right? You know, the makers of Riddell come in and just want to check the helmet, be sure it still fits. And they would always tell me, hey, the red forehead, that means the helmet fits just right. It means it's tight, it's close to your head, it's going to prevent injuries, it's perfect. And so I would, like, believe that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep having it tight. You know, it's not tight. It's tight enough, though it leaves the red mark. And so – uh, it kind of became a staple. So, uh, yeah, every, like, pick that, you know, uh, our team photographer would send to me up on the sidelines of me looking at the pictures or, the, or talking to receivers at this huge red indent on my forehead. And I just said, you know what, I'm going with it. Um, it's, it's my fifth year in the NFL. I'm not going to change my uh, change my identity. Yeah, I, I think – sorry to break it to you, but I think the training staff was fucking with you your entire career. <laughs> Like that's what that sounds like to me, and they did a great job with it. It's gotta be, it's gotta be tighter, Peyton. That's back. Yeah. Well, at least you always kept your helmet close to you on the sidelines. Unlike that, uh, that one great video that we have of Brock Osweiler when he was getting in the game, uh, in the fourth quarter of a blowout in Denver, and he had to run to the sidelines to grab his helmet. He didn't have it in his hands, and yeah. you can see you noticing that he's running back to his helmet, and you're like you know what, I'm going to stay in this game. And you run out there, and you can see the look of exasperation on Brock's face. Like, God damn it, this guy's not even coming out of the game now. Was, <laughs> was that your mentality of just like, I'm not going to give Brock Osweiler a chance to take my job? Or did you just I love mean, playing? Yeah, I mean, keep your helmet close is probably the theme of that. You know, don't get too far away from it. But 
that's the problem, right? There's cameras everywhere, right? If something happens on the sidelines, the guy's picking his nose or he's, you know, talking to the fans, those cameras catch everything now. So uh, always on display out there on the NFL football field for sure. Yeah. Well, Peyton, this has been awesome. Uh, next time you have more time, we'd love to do an extended interview with you. We appreciate you coming on. Congrats on the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, induction. Uh, and, oh, last thing is I, I, I am evolved for life. I won a national Hi. title there. Yeah. Uh, wink if Arch has already committed to Tennessee. <laughs> oh, he just he just winked. Ooh. So I'm Arch not, Manning I'm, is going to Tennessee. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a good winker uh, or, or a good whistler. So, uh, yeah, uh, can't no, – no inside information on that. I'm his uncle – I'm his godfather. I, I try to try to uh, fulfill that role, and uh, I hope he has a fun high school experience. But I am excited about my Vols. Um, Our uh, Vols. Coach. And, uh, yeah, so uh, hopefully we can get it going this year in Knoxville and it, yeah, have some fun and win some games. Love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Peyton. We appreciate it. And uh, good luck with your, your Hall of Fame induction speech. I'm sure you'll kill it, and uh, hopefully we, we catch you another time as well. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.